Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. And I'm Anya. This is my first podcast. Anya Ever. is one of our, one of the, uh, the top managers. Yes. In this, in the world. The top, <laughs> the top dog. Um, yeah, and like anything, I, I've commented a, a few times before about how the hardest part about doing a podcast is just getting people together to do a podcast. Mm. Because, like, we invited Lee today as well, but he's out of town, probably going to buy toys or something. Probably going again. to buy Star Wars stuff. <laughs> uh, and some of our, our kind of outer circle of Mayfair friends, like like Sam, who does Rocky Horror, uh, or other folks have been invited. It's just getting two or three people together at the same time. On a weekday. On a weekday. And we're doing this in, on the afternoon of uh, Thursday, January 12th. It's uh, impossible. And, like, we tried to get you here a dozen times. Yeah. And you're always uh, out of town or doing school or doing something. But Lots of school, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're here, as I said, Thursday, January 12th. It's a uh, lovely everything-melting afternoon. It's a death trap out there. It's mm-hmm. all ice and giant puddles. And uh, we'll be chatting about movies from Friday, January 13th to Thursday the 19th. So we have, just with the 13th on the brain, maybe we'll just skip some of the newer films and just go right to our tradition of almost always screening a Friday the 13th movie mm-hmm. on Friday the 13th. Uh, I asked Lee for this one. I said, is Freddy versus Jason too new? Because I had the old man thing in my head that this movie was from like three years ago. It's from 13 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 13 it, years ago. That's perfect. Oh my God. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. And, there we go. Um, it, it's actually from closer to 14, but I think it's closer to like, it's, it's from 2003. Yeah. But I think it came out mid 2003 or whatever. It is the last Freddy and Jason movie before they rebooted them both, I guess. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And both the reboots didn't yeah. do that well because it didn't garner sequels. And I think both those So they'll do more reboots. Yeah. Reboot it again. They'll reboot it again. I would argue that Freddy vs. Jason is an actual good movie. It's better than it should be. Yes. Whereas... It's really well made. I've only seen it once, and that was quite a while ago, but I do remember it being very well directed because it's directed by a Hong Kong filmmaker named Ronnie Yu. Ronnie Yu. And it kind of came out in the Scream era, which is probably even before your time, I think. I don't know. The Scream movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're... Yeah, and, yeah. and I'll be, I'll be feeling the extra old talking about any movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost as old as the movie, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but the Scream genre kind of made horror movies, for better or for worse, very self-referential and kind of laughing at themselves and yeah. kind of winking at the audience. And this movie kind of follows the rules. Like, if, if it's a, a, a teenager having sex or doing drugs, they're yeah. going to get killed. In an era where violence is okay, but nudity is not, it actually, like, has some... some nudity in it mm-hmm. uh the villains are what they are and it actually pays off with a versus like the the, the two monsters actually fight at the yeah. climax of the movie yeah and it actually i think i mean it's always kind of weird with inflation and stuff but it actually is the most successful movie of both the franchises oh really which you could argue because like the first one might have made more when you figure out inflation and yeah. stuff. but if you just look at the Probably. numbers it's the most successful yeah. and uh yeah so we have that coming up this friday the 13th at 11 p.m., and as I always say to people who are fans of, like, nerd movies like this, is if you want more like this, come out and support movies like this. Because the reason why we show Rocky Horror and The Room once a month is because people keep coming to them. I got a phone call asking if we were going to show 
Fateful Findings again. And oh, yeah. More Neil Breen movies. And I'm like, uh, if he makes a new one, we'll definitely show it. Yeah. Because that's an example of... I, I was here the when we screened it the first night, uh, Fateful Findings. And it was perfect. Like, it was everything you want out of yeah. a cult movie. And I, I came the first night because I was like, if this is the new Rocky Horror, it's going to be kind of fun being here on the ground floor and seeing what happens. And Do you remember that? Were you here for this? The Neil Breen movies? No. You don't it, remember? That, no. Was that that long ago already? Like four, <laughs> four, How long have you worked here? Um, two years on Halloween. Two years. So probably, been... You were probably here for pass-through. Yeah. So it was like... Neil Breen is like, you know, like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. He's like Tommy Wiseau, except he's based in Las Vegas, and he's an architect by trade, but then he decided he wanted to be a filmmaker. Yeah, so he has a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, a lot of money doesn't often equate to talent, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's it's so funny that we're talking about this, because I just listened to uh, the Flophouse podcast, which is a really popular podcast where they just watch bad movies, and they were talking about Fateful Findings. They said that it made The Room look like a real movie. Like, you, oh. you, you never thought you could get worse in The Room and then you watch Fatal Findings. Is that and, a compliment? Or a... Well, they, they, you know, I think they rated it a good, bad movie, but yeah. they were like, they never thought they could get... They thought The Room was the pinnacle of low-quality filmmaking, but not even close. Yeah, like, and, and we, we screened it once, did really well, screened it a second time, and it did okay, but not well enough to kind of garner that tradition. Mm-hmm. So with stuff like... Freddy versus Jason, like, if you want us to do another Friday the 13th the next time, come out to this one, and then we have an excuse to kind of look at our box office numbers and go, oh, yeah, people want to see this, because, you know, that that's why we're, uh, to segue over, that's why we're playing Manchester by the Sea for a fourth week, because <laughs> yeah. people because keep it's so coming. bad, it's good. It's so <laughs> bad, it's good. No, yeah. Man, no, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'm coming to see it this week, just because I have a feeling this... Well, maybe we'll have it for a fifth week, but but I'm coming. We have it for a full slate, seven days. Uh, yeah, coming up this week, so I'm, I want to catch it. It yeah. has been lunacy. I think mm-hmm. we've all worked shifts where it yeah. is playing, and I don't want it not to be like this. But at the Mayfair, even when we get like, if we get a hundred people for a show, that's that's really good for us. Kind of our magic number is like fifty people, uh, where if we get fifty people a show forever, we're going to stay in business. And some nights we get two people, some nights we get 200 people. But this Manchester by the Sea has just, like, I think the lowest it got was 100 people. And back-to-back nights of, like, 250, 250, Mm -hmm. 250. And I was curious of why this happened, and I I think it's Golden Globe nominations. And it was the holidays. The holidays, too. People had all those days off. Yeah, and I mean... From what I've heard from customers and also my friends and family that have seen it, they've said that it was, like, a very, very good movie. Yeah. Extremely sad. Yes. Everybody leaving the theaters crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they said that it was extremely good. So I feel like it's a good one. And I think think word of mouth actually has worked for this one where someone came, told their friends, and then their friends came two days later. Yeah. And it's an example of why our weekly schedule has profited us. And works better, I think, both for our patrons and for us, is that, say if we were still in the monthly schedule universe, we would have booked it for a week. And say we had booked it, like, early December, we would not have been able to get it back until early January at the at the, the most, if not later than that. So in this, we can really wait for the 11th hour, see that something does really well, mm-hmm. and hold it over. So that's why we're showing it for a month, which is... <laughs> On the verge of unprecedented. I, I forget what our record is, but it but it is like 
It's been a while since we've had we've held over a movie like that, and I think maybe like Hunt for the Wilder People might have been the last um, one. Hunt for the Wilder People, we didn't play it as frequently as Manchester no. by the Sea. It was it wasn't like full week bookings. Oh, it, right. it might have been for a year ago. Week. It might have been Brooklyn. Remember Brooklyn? I Brooklyn, it was Brooklyn, yeah. That we held and over for a while. And then a while before that, it was right when we went over to digital. We got it was two Steve Coogan movies, which was really interesting. Yeah, the trip. The Trip and, and uh, Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge, yeah, that did really well. Both did really well, and we held those over for three or four weeks each. So it's um, so that's the benefit. So people to this day are still like, oh, I miss the monthly calendar. And I understand. Like, I, I grew up with a monthly Mayfair calendar, yeah. like, magneted to my fridge. <laughs> and there is some fun of having that month planned out. But it's just, in this case, we get to hold something over, and people keep coming to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and it works. So... So that that is the the number one reason why we went to the weekly versus the and our friends over at the Bytown do two months, which is yeah. incredible to me. Like to <laughs> yeah. to lock yourself. It's on one hand you're locked in, everything's figured out, so I can see that. But that means only only six times a year do they program really, yeah. which is just like so for those guys if they have something they want to bring back and it's. It's, say it's like January, it could be till like March till they get to bring something back. That's what they did. Like I looked at their programming yesterday and they're bringing back Just La Fin du Monde. Right. Which was like the it, summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're bringing back all of these movies. But I guess, I mean, there's uh, good and bad points to having a yeah. monthly schedule. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, yeah, the weekly is nice just because of that, because of being able to kind of change things. More practical. And, or if, if something does horribly bad, <laughs> same thing. You can be like, oh. You know, we had this for two days, gave it a shot. Yeah. yeah. It's like offer and demand. It allows us to be more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Manchester by the Sea, which has done crazy well. And <laughs> I did either of you guys work the night after the Golden Globes? So, like, this mm, Monday? I think, I think I did, yeah. Did you? Was it crazy? Because that was after he actually won an award. It did well. for a mon- It was actually, for a Monday, a regular Monday, it was a good day. Yeah. And Lion did well. Yeah. Lion were continuing for another week. Yeah, so Lion is in its second week now, and is another example of kind of... I think both these films are heavy movies, but with humor in them. Yeah. Because both, I have been sitting in the box office, and especially Manchester by the Sea hearing this, like, uproarious laugh track of a laugh. Yeah. And I think it's just, like, in real life. Like, whether it be something, like, like a funeral or something, like yeah. a, a divorce, there's there's humor around these horrible things in our lives. And I saw Casey Affleck, I think on Colbert, if I remember correctly, and he was bending over backwards to be like, it's not just a depressing, sad movie. It's not just a depressing, <laughs> yeah. sad movie. And uh, so Lion, which is another Golden Globe-nominated film, which a lot of people think might get some Oscar nominations very soon, is uh, in its second week with us. And like Manchester, it's a full slate of seven days of some matinee and some evening screenings. Uh, Lion's about uh, very sad. My, a friend of mine won't come because she's like, I can't handle the first half of the movie. So it's like, oh. it's like a kid gets lost on a train and then gets adopted by a new family so that's kind of the first part of the movie is this this terror of this poor kid being lost out in the world yeah and then the second half i heard it's almost like two movies and then the second half of the movie is him as an adult and with the magic of the internet and google and every google earth goes out to try to find his family Mm -hmm. and it's a a true story often with true stories you got to take them with a grain of salt because a true story can be very flexible in how true that is but but i know there is it is a, a real family, a real kid, the real names, the real chain of events, at least, of uh, this kid who got uh, lost from his family and then adop- adopted by Australians. I don't, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know that part. How was he on the train in India and then went to Australia? 
because mm-hmm. that's not a path a train takes. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, well, from what I read on the um, summary was that he gets into an orphanage one way or another. Okay, so yeah. Oh, okay. That might be how... The Australians get yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And this was nominated for... Yeah, I don't think it won any Golden Globes, but it was up for like four or five things, Golden yeah. Globes. Best picture. And a lot of people think of... In, in, back in... Not too long ago, Golden Globes and Oscars were, were very separate. And often would get... Golden Globes would get critiqued for being possibly even being corrupt of, of there'd be movies in there that were kind of suspicious that didn't get a lot of other awards. Well, Pia Zadora, do you remember Pia Zadora? Yeah. Uh, she was this, uh, I don't know if she was like a big star, but she was sort of a musician slash actress, quote unquote. She was almost like a reality star before reality stars. Yeah. Yeah. And she made a movie called Butterfly, Mm -hmm. which by all accounts is terrible. Right. And apparently she's terrible in it. She was married to this producer or somebody who had um, connections with the Golden Globes people, the foreign press. Right. So apparently he basically bought her mm-hmm. the Golden Globes. She won a Golden Globe for that movie. Yeah. And people were like, huh? And even the, the one I remember just because a bit more recent was there was a movie that Angelina Jolie and uh, Johnny Depp did that didn't, didn't do well in the box office. Nobody cared about it. The Tourist. Oh, yeah. And it won like a bunch of stuff. I think there's a couple books on it. I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, and I want to track one of these down. That they're pretty much, they're not breaking laws per se, but like it, like it's a very small jury pool. Whereas yeah. the Oscars is a giant jury pool. Yeah, it's like twelve people, and they might get really nice gift baskets with like gold watches and like. All Apparently, the- it's just an excuse for the foreign press to just hang out with celebrities. And yeah, charm them. And and it's, it's not. It, it, I don't think the Golden Globes have much of a reputation in terms of their. Like, it's only been recently validity, when it, yeah, for awards. When it know. got on TV, the which in the last couple of years they've gotten a lot of press because they're a very fun show. So it's like, yeah, Ricky Gervais hosting it, uh, or this year it was Fallon. Uh, but it gets more press about celebrities in the crowd getting drunk because they're drinking while well at the awards, <laughs> yeah, and controversy about you know, or like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted it and did a really great job. Yeah. So. It almost it's more of more of that than any of the awards. But then what awards become is almost like it does work. Like there is like like scientific proof or like you know mathematical proof that if you win an award and then you get to slap on Golden Globe winner and people look at that in the newspaper or on a TV ad, that does draw people in. Yeah. So there is that too, and we've seen it here with Manchester, just with it being nominated for so many things that I think that's what drew its attention. Uh, yeah, so Manchester for the fourth week, Lion for the second week, uh, and Ottawa premiere this week is a film called Krisha, which is actually from 2015, which mm-hmm. shows you how long sometimes it takes for movies to kind of hop out of the festival circuit and reach theatrical distribution. Every once in a while, somebody will be like, oh, are you getting this Sundance film? Are you getting this, this Cannes film? And it's like, stay tuned because we don't know. Like, like it, it could be a year before this yeah. kind of gets out there. And Krisha looks like kind of another heavy drama, a character piece uh, about a woman coming home for Thanksgiving dinner after a long estrangement from her family. It's gotten uh, a bunch of awards. The Audience Award at SXSW, uh, Breakthrough Director Award at the Gotham Awards, and uh, Director Award at the National Board of Review. So a real kind of festival and awards darling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a 83-minute film so nice and short and i think a fairly simple story and just really 
it's like a um, an actor's showcase from what I've heard. Yeah. Of just this woman just at the center of this this film. Um, yeah, simple premise, just coming home for Thanksgiving dinner. But I think it's just kind of a, a very character piece drama about that. Yeah, it's sort of, if you look at the, the trailer, it looks almost like a horror movie. I heard that, like the yeah. tone of it. Like, it yeah. just seems very intense, but it's not a horror movie. No, somebody else said that too, and, and I, I didn't get it at first, but I think it's just like, it's like, imagine a horror film in a house and how uncomfortable like a character would be or you're scared of a character. So I guess that's what they mean is like the rest of the family is so like upset that she's there and yeah. there's like might be like some arguments or like some some uncomfortable situations like that. So yeah, it's weird that multiple people have said it's almost like a horror film just in its tone. But I, I think it's just because it's so powerful, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so we have that for uh, late shows this week for four screenings at nine o'clock. On Friday and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And a lot of time like that, it's when we have a movie like that and we can only squeeze it into the nine o'clock slot, sometimes people are like, oh, why don't you have it on a matinee? And it's <laughs> it's it's the blessing and the curse of our, our wonderful theater is it's one screen. So when you go to the multiplex, they, they just they have a movie on eight times a day and you can go see it at noon with four other people. But really it's only the nine o'clock slot that yeah. get or you'll see like Toy Story at a multiplex on at 10.30 at night because they contractually have to play it yeah. so many times. And I've had a friend of mine who, like, for the hell of it, I think it was, like, Toy Story 2 or something, went to see it at, like, 10.30 at night at a multiplex, and he said it was, like, me all by myself. Yeah. And it does so. So we have to have kind of this logic of Manchester and Lion are kind of more of the, our senior citizen crowd come to that. Yeah, that's just it. And Krisha is a bit more of an independent uh, kind of festival darling kind of film. So more of the younger crowd might come and be able to go see it at 9 o'clock where, yeah. where 9 o'clock is past the bedtimes of some of our patrons. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and of course, Freddy vs. Jason is on Friday night at 11 because that's kind of the tradition of like a, a quote-unquote midnight movie. We're not going to show Freddy vs. Jason at noon. On, yeah. on I had that one. We were playing something at midnight. And so on our flyer, it said 12. And somebody called, and I happened to be here, and they're like, oh, are you showing Friday the 13th at noon today? And I was like, oh, no, you know what it was? It was The Room. Somebody said, are you showing The Room at noon today? And we're like, no, no, midnight, midnight. It's not at noon. Yeah. Well, there's also, like, there's certain movies that are really just, like, evening movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. movies that you just don't want to watch while there's daylight out. Yeah. And, like, some of our more... I don't know, like the horror movies, B-class movies, you play them at the late slot because yeah. people are working and have, like, are also thinking of parents. They have to put the kids in bed, get the sitter, whatever. Yeah. So it'd be somewhat illogical to play a horror movie during oh, yeah. daytime. And, and <laughs> so. if you look at, there's, 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 I mean, like anything, like, like Lee has joked about it before of like, like, you know, it's all just a learning curve and, and we're all just kind of winging it and trying our best to run this place, but... You see, if you look at our programs from a few years back, there'd be like a seven o'clock show and like a nine forty-five show. Yeah, and then we realized that even like a nine thirty show was too late for some folks, so it yeah. kind of just snuck forward to six thirty or even six fifteen, depending on the length of the movie. And then so, but but usually it's like six thirty and nine yeah. versus seven or seven thirty and like ten. It just. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like we always kind of think of like if you get out of here by 11 you can still like hop on a bus or whatever like that we always get screwed when we have stuff like Hateful Eight because when you have like a three hour film that you have to kind of puzzle piece in there yeah. uh, sometimes it's just like we'll try to get it on as early as we can but you get it on at like 8 o'clock 
or like 8.30 and it's still not done till like 11.30. Yeah. Uh, and I remember early days, there was like a screening of something like, it was like Pulp Fiction or Scarface or something, but on at like nine o'clock on a Wednesday, which means people weren't getting out of here till midnight. Yeah. And, you know, people got to work the next day or go to school. So <laughs> school. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, you'll, you'll see our midnight movies on Friday or Saturday, but you'll never see those on like a Tuesday or anything like that. But yeah, so Krisha is our auto premiere this week. Uh, speaking of midnight movies again, we have our our now nearly monthly tradition of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> uh, hosted by our friends, the Absent Friends Shadowcast. Uh, I tried to get Sam in this week so he could talk about Rocky Horror some more, but it's it's he's too busy. It's hard. To, yeah. uh, we've only had him as a guest once, and he was great. Uh, or no, sorry, twice, and he was great. And so. Sam's the best. Yeah, and I told like, like it's an open invitation. Anytime he wants to come on and just even even if it's like he always has Rocky Horror to talk about on the horizon, but just yeah. to talk about normal stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, if you are unfamiliar with what we do at Rocky Horror, which you shouldn't be, is not only is it the movie, which is usually people who like it, that's fun enough in itself, but you have a live cast in front of you and a lot of interaction. And what I like about it is I kind of admit to kind of get bored of cult movies when people are doing the same thing over and over again. When I was in high school, I saw Rocky Horror for the first time and was like, that's amazing. Went to see it a second time and a third, and then I was kind of done with it. Yeah. But these guys, it's it's always kind of new new jokes, new improvs, yeah. new things. Like Sam and especially Mark. Mark is the one that yes. comes up with all of the punchlines, and he's always switching it up, always yeah. trying to do a new show. Yeah. Um, the cast is wonderful, and this month they're actually going to be showing their new members. Yeah, oh, got that's two right. or three new members. Yeah. Um, so I believe they're all Transylvanians. Right. And now we have Taze, who used to be Brad, and he is now Magenta. So okay. There's a whole switch of characters, so it'll be interesting this month. Yeah, they lost a couple performers. At least one moved to Toronto or something yeah, like that. Alex and, moved to Toronto. Yeah. And she used to play Magenta, so yeah. it was sad to see her go. But she still visits every now and then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now Taze will be playing Magenta and... Um, what's his name? Sorry. Somebody, anyway, uh, yeah. Switch up, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, but it's, it's quite the thing and, and, and quite the proud point of the Mayfair of... Like, we're right up there with... New York and Los Angeles, like, mm-hmm. of, of the amount of box office, screenings, you know, frequency, all that kind of stuff, yeah. is that we're in, in, the, in the Rocky Horror lore now, we're, we're part of that history. They're, they're, like, Sam's talked about it before on here, is how there's a connection with Ottawa, where, like, it premiered here, yeah, all this crazy stuff. The NEC. And we used to just do it kind of around Halloween, and I guess it was because of Sam and the Absent Friends instigated it that they want to do it more often and we do it more often and it works. So now kind of Halloween is the kind of the cornerstone, the pinnacle. Yes. But they still do it once a month or so. There's a skip months every, every once in a while, but uh, almost monthly we do it now and it does well enough to instigate bringing it back over and over again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, so that will be, so, so back to back late shows this week with Freddy versus Jason on Friday the 13th at 11 and Rocky Horror on Saturday the 14th at 11.15. And uh, what is it? Bring bring bubbles, not rice. No rice throwing. Yeah. Please, guys. <laughs> Please. No rice, no confetti. Um, I mean, it's a hassle to clean up and also just like health hazards and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but bubbles are just as fun and just as cute. Yep. <laughs> um, and then don't forget to bring your prop bags. Um, 
The key items are the newspaper, the toast, toilet mm -hmm. paper, mm -hmm. deck of cards, bubbles, of course, and things that you don't necessarily need to bring, but you can always bring the rubber glove, party hats, party glasses, and I'm probably missing some. But... And it's, and it's, if it is the same temperature now, right now it's about plus five outside, so, so if you're dressed in lingerie or something you'll be a bit more warmer than the halloween, <laughs> than halloween. halloween oh my god frozen there's some of these these wonderful insane people out there and i was just like you could wear a coat over your costume <laughs> and but they were out there mostly naked and it was cold on halloween <laughs> it was frozen yeah but, uh, but yeah even on a night when if it's not you know 325 people in there even if it's like 75 people which is still cool if 75 people are all throwing confetti around and rice, it's just a mess. So yeah. people, for the most part, are very understanding. Every once in a while, we have to, like, frisk somebody and find a bag of rice on them or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah like Halloween, there was, like, a 10-kilo bag of rice, I think, oh, that no. I found. I was like, really, guys? How did... I don't even know how it made past our front doors, like, how we didn't notice that. But anyway... Did so. they, like, put, like, glasses on a, and a hat on it and, like, buy a ticket for it and, <laughs> like, sneak all, it in? All I remember is sweeping up rice because we had, like, rice all oh, over, God. right at the top of the theater. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, please, guys. I'm sure it's in the walls at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the last film we have this week is Nocturnal Animals, which I'm looking forward to see, seeing because it has Michael Shannon in it. And he's I love excellent in it. Michael Shannon. I've seen this. He's He's... One of the reasons to see it, for sure. And besides for him, it also has Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, and the actor who I'm not really familiar Aaron with. Taylor Johnson. He actually won a Golden Globe. He won the Golden Globe. Yeah. Who is, who is he's he? the bad guy. What else is he in? Do you know? He's in Kick-Ass. Okay. I'm yeah. sure I'll see when I see him, but like I don't recognize his name. He plays Kick-Ass. Oh, he's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was also in Avengers, right? He played uh, Quicksilver in Avengers. Then, if it's the guy, if it's that guy, probably because that was that was the big nerd thing is that he played two different superheroes in two very different. Right. Oh, okay, I, I didn't realize that was him. Okay, cool. So yeah, he just won the Golden Globe for this part. Um, I will go see pretty much anything that Michael Shannon's in. Uh, in fact, in in Loving. Uh, Jeff Nichols' film, which he's puts Michael Shannon in all his mm -hmm. movies. Very I think, yeah, I think he's in all of them. He has the smallest part in Loving. He plays a photographer. And he came on screen, and I didn't know, for some reason I forgot, and I actually, like, kind of, like, Gwen laughed at me, because I, like, perked up and, like, clapped. I was happy he was on screen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's, so I would go see it just for him, but I've heard good things about it. It's one of those movies that, um, it's, every year there's movies that people are like, oh, it got snubbed, but it's, it's on the short lift, uh, list of movies that might show up on, um, Oscar nominations soon. It was up for Best Director or Best Picture and Screenplay as well. So it was up for a couple other awards mm -hmm. at the Golden Globes. Uh, directed by Tom Ford, who's weird because he's like a fashion guy. Yeah. And directs second movies. movie. He, he did a movie called, um, oh, I forget, not A Serious Man, A Serious Something Else. Yeah. Uh, it's with um, Julianne Moore and uh, Colin Firth. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's really kind of in these two different worlds of like filmmaking and high fashion yeah and that his movies aren't like high fashion movies like they're not just like something in that genre yeah and um yeah so he might get an oscar nomination as well i've heard a lot of people say he might get it so yeah so we have that coming up this week as well for um only a couple shows but also of the i can't say it'll get held over but whenever we have something like this and we can only squeeze it in for a couple days if it does really well we'll hold it over if there's lots of requests but uh, you have three chances to see it at night and one matinee show on the weekend because we do sometimes squeeze in grown-up movies on the weekend because they do well 
uh, if they're kind of the right kind of Oscar bait kind of movies, yeah. you know. And and when there's no kid stuff available, sometimes it's yeah. it does better than. And we just we just went through this batch of kid movies, yeah. so I think for That's the time crazy. being, we might be a little while till it's always on the horizon. Disney is pretty nice to us, so like Moana is coming, but it might be a little while. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so we have grown up grown up matinees this week coming up. But uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much that's that's our our six films for uh, Friday the thirteenth through Thursday the nineteenth. So I think we might wrap it up for this week. Uh, be sure to check out our website for all our upcoming stuff. People always ask, "Are you getting fill in the blank?" And I just kind of reply this cut and paste answer of, "We don't know, but uh, stay tuned." And we we announce as soon as we know. And uh, so like right now, everyone's like, "When are you getting La La Land?" Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like we are getting La La Land the second we can get La La Land. Yeah. Trust us that we have heard of it, we know of it. And as soon as the powers that be deem us worthy to get it, uh, it might work out well for us because we might end up getting it right when it's gotten some more nominations. Yeah. And uh, some some customers have been lovely enough to been have pretty much said, when are you getting it? And I just say, soon. And they're like, okay, we're waiting. And I'm like, yeah, we're getting it. Don't worry. We're getting <laughs> it. Sometimes movies are a maybe. And I would say, oh, we don't know. But So uh, stuff like La La Land, it's coming. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, go visit our friends, our sponsors at House of Targ. We uh, stopped in there the other day for some pierogies before coming to see a movie on a Friday night. I haven't been there a lot lately because I've been so busy, but uh, I had to play Dig Dug. Almost beat my high score again. <laughs> and uh, you can visit Audible to visit uh, to download an audio book on us. Mm-hmm. The link for it is on our website. Yeah. Yep. Last week, we were delayed in talking about Carrie Fisher a bit, and so I said... There's like half a dozen Carrie Fisher audiobooks on there that you could listen to. And that's that's on my short list of to-do is to go and listen to some of her stuff. But I'm pretty sure... What was based on a book? Was Lion based on a book? I believe. I think so. So you could, you could probably... Nocturnal Animals is based on a book. Yeah. So you might be able to find... Uh, I, keep, I always mean to kind of research this before coming in, but you might be able to find something from Nocturnal Animals on there. Yep. I don't think there's a Friday the 13th audiobook on there. <laughs> but, but it's a good deal. So you can go in, type in a code, and find a uh, free book to listen to and i'm sure there's all kinds of nerdy movie books to listen to on there so that's it for this week thanks for listening uh we'll see you uh next week see you later see ya for generations they have been the two biggest names in terror he may get the blood but i get the glory he's coming back this summer for the first time ever she's mine Two legends will come together. It's time to put this bad dog to sleep. Oh, gosh! Freddy vs. Jason. Winner kills all. Rated R.